What's happening, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of The Beautiful Hustle, the podcast that connects the heart to the hustle of the beauty industry. I'm your host, Philip Procopio. Well, hello, Mr. Philip. I am your co-host, Miss Jessica Saunders. Hi. Hi. I feel like we haven't recorded in a while. It has, has it been, been a while? while. Yeah, it has okay. been a while. And can I just start with, look at both of us with our glowy tans. We're so tan right now. We look so good. We look <laughs> well, so and good. And you're half Brazilian. Yep. I'm half Filipino. So we're repping the biracial brown skin right now. Heck yeah. How are you so tan? I We talked about this, I think, already. I went to Mexico for my sister's wedding. Yes. Why, why are you tan? Um, because I have a two-year-old who wants nothing to do mm. with anything other than the swimming pool. You know, as you were saying that, Every time I've like called you, you're like, I'm at the pool. I'm walking at the we're park outside. or yeah, something. We're outside all the time. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I'll ask you about yours, but this weekend was like the perfect weekend for me. That's, I'm saying this because this is where most of the tan came from. Okay. Um, like my husband and I were both home all weekend, which never happens. Uh, yeah. Never. And <clears throat> excuse me, we like set up his pool in the backyard which sounds either ghetto or bougie, depending on which way you want to go with it. And it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. Because we got him, when, it's one of those inflatable hot tubs. Oh, you know I think I've talking? seen it. Yeah. You've had it, right? I've had it, yeah. yeah. And it has like a filter and a pump and everything. Yeah. So it, And it's heated, but it is still a blow-up pool. Okay. So I feel like I'm like somewhere in the middle. Besides, so are you just not heating it right now? Can we just like- heated it like to like 60 Okay. That way it's not like cold, cold. So Oscar and I were in the inflatable hot tub <laughs> in the backyard all day Saturday and Trent was smoking meats all day. And then we, Ross and Sari, my best friend and her husband came over, we had a barbecue. And then Sunday we like power washed the house. We did like all the married old people things oh, this weekend sounds and it felt so good. Aww. Yeah. I needed one of those. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And that's where the tan came from. Okay. What about you? What did you do this weekend? Um, I went to see some family back home in Great Falls, which is just a few hours away. Um, And then my best friend, her son's having some health issues and and it was her birthday. So I went up there to kind of be there with them. So it was nice to get away and just for, I was just gone for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Um, okay. So something too crazy that is going on. Here we go. Because y'all have been part of this journey of <laughs> me peer pressuring the shit out of Phil to get to dating. Um, he messaged me or he called you called me one day. Yeah. And the backstory of this is I made him download hinged because I saw it on social media and it was like the dating app for people who want a serious relationship, not the hookup app. Yeah, I think the, their slogan is like the app designed to, to be, be deleted. deleted. Yes, such a good slogan, by right? the way. So I made you download it. Yep. And what happened? Well, <laughs> apparently you can send roses on this app. Shut up. I didn't know this part. So I've had it for several months and got my first rose this weekend. Do you feel like The Bachelor? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So talk to the guy. We've been just messaging, exchange phone numbers. So Okay, can you tell them your first message to him? Because I'm like, <laughs> you are so cute. This is such a good start. Well, this has been my issue with online dating is I, I don't know what it is, but I have a hard time putting my personality through like text messages. Especially because you have the driest sense of humor. Yes. It could be like 
oh my God, that's so rude. Or, oh my God, that's so funny. That's exactly, like it's a lot of sarcasm. So to start off a conversation and be my like, which I want in someone else too, like cute and charming, but like in an insult and sarcastic way. Yeah. And so um, he on his profile, I think it said something like the, the key to his happiness or the way to his heart is pizza. So I didn't even say hello. I just said, very important question, pineapple on pizza question mark. So, and because pizza is my number one favorite food, I think we've said it here. I could eat pizza for the rest of my life. I freaking love pizza. Every it's number three meal. on my list. Number one, your tacos. Number one, tacos and curry are tied. Okay, like it's curry, tacos, and then for sure pizza. Okay, I could have it every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the rest of my life. Any type of pizza from Papa John's, Domino's, fresh out of Italy, to DiGiorno, to the little microwavable. College 2 a.m. drunk pizzas. Okay, so what was his answer? Um, He said, blasphemy. And what is your answer? And I said, correct answer. I don't have to stop talking to you. Are you (laughs) so sad you can't date me? Because I am pineapple (laughs) all day. Yeah, that is is a, it's on, I actually told them to, it is on my top five deal breakers. Really? I don't even want the pineapple juice on the, pe- like, when you cut it halfway, let's well, like half and half. I'm yeah. like, no, pineapple juice leaks onto the, the juice. I'm telling you, I take it very seriously. Uh, Canadian bacon pineapple is, like, in my top three, but I love uh, pineapple jalapeno yeah. chicken barbecue sauce. What? It's called a hot Hawaiian. That's called disgusting. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So, oh, good. we'll see so how our, it goes. Have you... Um, Made the invite to hang out? Not yet, because I was with uh, my friends and family oh, yeah. this weekend. So. Have you guys been chatting on the regular, though? Um, not the last, like, two days, but... Or not the last day, okay. but somewhat. He also works nights. Yeah. He's new. He's just a GM at a, a store here, and so it's kind of... Weird. weird. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited, and I'm we'll very proud of you. Thanks. Mm. It's weird. <laughs> You did it. I'm so excited. I was initially, I was like, give me your login and I'll just chat with him and make you fall in love with you. Yeah. I was like, hell no. A hundred percent. No. I love it so So, much. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing really good. Good. I've got some big changes coming, um, which we're going to talk about in another episode. So stay tuned for that. But just feeling really good feeling I summer's here. It was like 98 degrees here today. I know it's so hot. Usually I hate, but I didn't mind. So I'm I was so working. On board. I got home today and was working on my balcony. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. we both have exciting things yes. in our futures that we'll be sharing on the episodes yes. in the very near future. But this week you have some fun stuff too. I do. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> I have been so busy for like the last month. I've because I'm we're both back to traveling now, yeah. which is really fun. You've been gone almost every week. Yeah. I've been gone several times. Every time you call me, you're like, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm <laughs> somewhere in Idaho. I'm, I don't know. I'm somewhere in Wyoming. So yes, I'm headed to Salt Lake City or Provo right outside Salt Lake. I'm going to teach at uh, the, not the university. Um, Provo Institute. The Institute there for Aveda. I'm going to do a workshop. I was asked to come down. So we're going to do a little, um, what did we call it? tbh short maybe something like that like when we're traveling or something um i'll interview someone just like a little 15 20 minute interview just a quick one and then i'm also going to meet up with um a fellow color squad team member yes so yeah 
That's awesome. I love it. Anything coming up for you? This week is my non-travel week. So I travel every other week. So this week is all about that Zoom life, Mm. baby. Tomorrow morning, I'm teaching makeup on Zoom, um, which is always, I love it when they're in the morning. Because then I, I'm ready for the day as soon as the class oh, is yeah. done. I hate teaching makeup classes at like four. Because yeah. you have to get ready in the morning, work all day, and then wash your face and then redo Put your makeup hole. to yeah. wash it again. So that, that's my one complaint this week. Speaking of makeup, did I tell you my idea for this month, a video I want to do? No. For Pride? No. I was thinking about this. I might. So maybe saying it out loud, I'll have to do yeah, it now. Yeah, you're putting it out there. But I want to do a drag transformation using Oliveda makeup oh, and yes. hair color. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find, uh, I want to order a new wig in and then just do like a full, because, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I can't yeah. wait for that. So Well, today we have an important yes. subject we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Today we are talking about the B word. Burnout. Burnout. Uh, it is just the reality of so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And um, especially as we've come out of COVID and we've gone back to work full time, there's such pressure to yeah. meet the demand of business. Um, and I'm seeing so many uh, posts and things on forums and behind the chair and 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 uh, pages like that about people talking about how busy they are, just mm-hmm. now, especially now that vaccines are making their rounds, everyone's feeling good, masks are going away, and even here in our salon or my salon, um, we've been we were only shut down for six weeks, so we've been pretty much at full operation this whole time. But we are seeing a huge surge of clients who mm-hmm. just didn't want to go out while everything was crazy. Yeah. So even for us, that's been open. We're experiencing a crazy surge, and for a lot of people, are finally starting to fully open up. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that this conversation is always relevant. Just you know, there's a tendency to, especially in this industry where most of us are working with our Mm -hmm. hands, where you know, the labor of our hands is what we do all day. There's this idea in the back of our head that we have to work, work, work harder mm-hmm. to do more business. And yeah. you and I are both incredibly passionate about being really strategic and smart with the way that you work, yes. um, you know, for mental health, physical health, and for the longevity, longevity of your career. We've yeah. both met so many people who 10, 20 years in, you know, their body starts to break down. And do you know you the average length of a hairdresser's career? No. Five years. Yeah, that's nuts. That's insane. And I think a lot of it is burnout. A lot mm-hmm. of there's this expectation of, you know, a client needs to be in right away. So you're going to stay longer. You're going to go in on your day off and you're going to do more, 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 more. And I think this is something that's really been coming out of this pandemic. I've seen a lot of TikToks, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing in the world. But a lot of people, there's a lot of conversation about, um, just rude clients in general, but just clients who are expecting that out of you. And really there's kind of a turn in the customer service industry. I think right now Mm -hmm. of, of course, customer service is always number one and I will go to great lengths to make sure my client is satisfied. However, there are boundaries, there are limits. And like you said, for our physical mental well being, for our happiness and 
it's talked about a lot with this new generation, Gen Z, some millennials, about this whole concept of work-life balance. And it's always had kind of a negative connotation, at least from the things that I've seen. Like, oh, you, these younger people just don't know how to work and don't have good work ethic. But I'm slowly realizing that it's, I mean... I think a lot of people working from home have realized this too, that you can be very productive, be a high producer and still have balance with your personal life. Yeah. I think a lot of times the thing that comes up for me is it's like at what expense? Exactly. So, you know, like, yeah, you get that client in, you stay late, you come in early, you do an extra day. Some people a hundred percent worth it. Mm -hmm. And if it's, you know, if it fulfills you and it meets a need for you, totally. But at what expense? Because yeah. do you ever do this? I hate when I do this. When I commit to something and then the day comes and I'm dreading it. And I, I just told you about something I committed to and I was like, I am really hating myself yeah. right now. I hate that feeling yeah. where you're just like, but at the moment you wanted to make people happy, you want to feel, fulfill things. So I, I think that that's such a huge part of it is yeah. knowing to, to be smart enough to look ahead and like at what expense is this going to mean to yeah. me that day? So let's kind of like define the barriers that we're talking yeah. in. Um, how do you define burnout? So I've looked up a few things cause I mean, obviously there's the, the, the very in front of your nose, the physical exhaustion. Um, that's I think the number one, especially in our industry, cause we are such a physical industry, mm-hmm. um, that physical exhaustion, um, where you just feel physically depleted. And, and it's funny cause it's like, sometimes you just stand there in the same spot all day, but it is physically exhausting. Even if you're not burning the calories, part of mental exhaustion as well is it takes a toll on your body. Yeah. And I mean that anytime somebody doesn't understand our industry and the physical exhaustion of it, I ask them just for the next five minutes, hold your arms Mm -hmm. above your shoulders Mm -hmm. or at least straight with your shoulders, you know, hold your elbows up equivalent to your shoulders. And most people can't do that for five minutes. And hairdressers Mm -hmm. are doing that for eight hours a day. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too comes down to um, more for me because I physically, I'm, I'm a workhorse. I'll just go and go and go. It doesn't bother me. But I do know my burnout comes through mental exhaustion. And the way that kind of shows itself is through my emotions and my mood. Mm. I mean, I think the last episode, one of the questions was like, what's the warning label? Is that how you put Oh yeah. What was your, um, something like that? Yeah. And you were like, for me, it's moody. And I'm like, yeah, the moment I'm like just even slightly mentally tired, I get very irritable and Mm -hmm. very short. Mm -hmm. And in the workplace in a salon or spa, that's, that's not healthy. Yeah. And especially when everyone's trying to, as everyone's getting to that point, it just creates such a weird and toxic almost environment. And it's no one's fault. It just from overworking. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the def when I think of the word burnout, the word that comes to mind is just like debilitating, Ooh. whether it be physically debilitating, emotionally, mentally, um, neurologically 
Is that the right word? Like where you're just like fried, you know, like nothing is working. Yeah. Um, Because I'm the same. I don't experience physical burnout very often. I can't recall the last time I did. Yeah. Um, However, when I experience burnout, it's like debilitating stress. I, you've seen this, I shut down Mm -hmm. and I just abandon. I just, I have to withdraw so much because I can't trust the words that will come out of my mouth. Mm. Same. I'm very volatile. I'm very um, reactive Mm. when I experience burnout. So for me, anytime, even when I see people who experience physical burnout, it is physical exhaustion to the point where it's debilitating for you to do what is expected of you. When that's part of our personality types, we've talked a little bit and maybe we should do an episode on personality types. It's like one of my favorite things out there. Um, but our type, type eight on Enneagram, when we are stressed, our first behavior is isolation. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is you and I are huge extroverts. Yeah. Like, some of the most extroverted people I know are you and I, and our first thing we do is retreat to by ourselves to be by ourselves mm-hmm. or like with your family. And I think that's another reason why I love knowing personalities and like testing my team members and like in our break room, we have it posted with like what to say and what are signs of stress for each person and self care. And it's important as a manager owner to know those signs because you can start seeing those. So Mm -hmm. if, you know, I had a manager and they start seeing I'm starting to isolate myself when I'm on my breaks, I'm not hanging out with people or I'm leaving right away and wanting to get away or not socializing after. That's a sign for my Mm -hmm. type that says something's wrong and I should check in on that person. Yeah. Just as much as that, like type two, their stressed behavior is to go into even more help mode. So when someone is like sticking around more or helping and doing more above and beyond what they normally would help with as a helper, that's your sign like, okay, there, there's something, something's not right right sure. there. So. Yeah. Now, what do you think are kind of some of the big key contributing factors as to why burnout is such a common experience for people right now? I think it's two things um, and only two things. Internal pressure from ourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, whether it's the pressure of coming back from COVID and there's just so many people knocking at our door and calling and DMing for appointments and you feel bad. So you want to put this, you put this pressure on yourself to do the most you can and work as hard as you can to get these people in um, or some sort of internalized pressure from yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the other form of burnout, unfortunately, and too often comes from management and leadership. Yeah, talk more about that. This is a subject for me that um, is near and dear to my heart because I I am such a protector of people. That's like one of my big things. I want to make sure everyone feels good, and, 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 and I'm a hard worker, and I want everyone to work hard, but also I want to protect people and, and make sure that they're, they aren't burned out. And so I've seen so many times, especially in salons, managers and leaders who are so focused on profit and so focused on money that it, there's just so much pressure for the team to do more and, and, and work more and work harder. And, and I'm very much a, I want, I, I'm not money motivated necessarily, but I want to make a lot of money. I don't yeah. know anyone who doesn't. Even the least money motivated person is going to be pretty happy with a much bigger paycheck. 
But there, I am very much a fan of the saying, not, don't work harder, work smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to refine my craft so I can be more skilled at it and charge more and be more efficient with my time and, and do techniques and foiling patterns or whatever it may be that cut time. So it, it cuts me stress of having to do more. I remember when I was in beauty school, I had a teacher who was like, her biggest fame to claim or claim to fame was that she did 26 haircuts in one day. And I remember looking at her in the classroom. I wasn't even cutting hair at that time. And I was like, that doesn't even sound great. That doesn't sound good. And she was like, it was my biggest day and this. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's a lot of haircuts and that's too much. And like, again, I think with this younger generation coming up, there were, we're starting to see in our industry hairstylists and, and it's starting to trickle down into clients and guests, but knowing our worth and mm-hmm. what our time is worth. And a lot of it comes down to your environment, your skill level, what you're offering, the professional level of products you use. But at the end of the day, I want for me... And a team I want to be a part of is we are, we refine our craft so well that we can charge what we want to charge. Yeah. And we do it so that my physical and mental health is at optimum for every single guest. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't think about that either is like, yeah, if you want to do more and make more, that's great. But haircut number of 26, haircut number 12 for me, if I have more than three haircuts in a row, I am irritable to no end that day. I mean, I'm a colorist too, so sure. <laughs> that, that's a little different. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, you're just not at your optimum health to be able to take care of your guests. And if my guest is going to walk out, you know, depending on where you're at, anywhere between three and $500 or more for a color session, I need to make sure that everything I have goes into that and I want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I that, agree. I just talked a lot. I, there yeah. were so many good nuggets. Yeah, I, I was I'm on board with everything. What about I mean, for you, I mean, I've behind the chair and office. You're mostly you're all office and, and show yeah. like education, things like that. What's your experience with burnout? Yeah, in my experience, there's kind of two main contributing factors as well that I observe. And I do 100% agree with yours. I see that show up regularly. Mm-hmm. But the main one that I see is people taking others and not necessarily another person, but it could be social media, societies, whatever definition of success and trying to be that rather than writing their own definition of success. Yeah. I see so many people who are just spinning their wheels. And when you sit them down and you analyze their business and you're like, what are we doing? Like, Mm -hmm. what is the goal here? And they're like, I don't know more, 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 more. They just, the only answer they know is more. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, the biggest thing people can do is sit down and write your own definition of success. Mm -hmm. I see people who post things like six figure stylist. I'm like, who cares if you're a six figure stylist? Some people could be uh, like make $20,000 and be super happy and super fulfilled and be a a part-time mom. You know, like I would never want my clients knowing how much I'm a six figure stylist. It's it's ridiculous. It is not a measurement of success in my opinion. And I think that people looking at bios like that are seeing, you know, just different outside influences that starts to like cast shadows on what Mm. they got into this for. I wish people would sit down and 
write their own definition of success and work really hard on a strategy to get there. Mm -hmm. But it's like the blinders are taken off and they see somebody doing something else, working towards becoming an educator. Mm -hmm. So then they start dabbling in that, but maybe they don't have a passion for it. So then they're pulled away from other goals. Mm. I just think there's so much like of that, like squirrel mentality, you know, something new, something shiny, something different. And at the end of the day, the most satisfying thing is when you achieve the things that fulfill your heart and that you got into it for. So, and I think, you know, a money goal is not necessarily a bad thing. No, I'm down for the money goal, but your goal. Exactly. And just, yeah. And it has to be, I love a smart goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and the one that I, the, the part of that I love is realistic. Is it like in my last town in in great falls, it wasn't super realistic to want to be a six figure hairdresser. Mm -hmm. Our haircuts were the highest haircut we had was $55 for a while. That is not going to be a six figure hairdresser. So here you are chasing this dream of being a six figure hairdresser. And that's just not going to happen unless you do work seven days a week. And for me, the part when I'm sitting down with the stylist, I'm like, for what? Yeah. Do you want the badge? Do you want the like title of that? Or what do you need to be successful and to feel yeah. proud of your career? Like my favorite activity we just did, this was some of the gals from yeah. our retreat we just did, is to sit down and ask people, what do you want to make? Mm-hmm. Like what would make you feel incredibly proud to see on your pay stub, at, yeah. on your tax statement at the end of the year? Let's work towards that. And I think that people who are super money motivated also need help and guidance finding other contributing factors to their definition of success. Yeah. I am money driven. However, it's not my primary driver. Relationships is my biggest driver. So again, I think the biggest obstacle I see with people in their business is not having their own definition of success Mm -hmm. and just going for the bigger, better, faster, more model. Totally. The second one I see is boundaries. And this one I see coming from a stylist perspective, Mm -hmm. which kind of piggybacks on what you said, um, more so than the owner's perspective. Yeah. Um, for me, this shows up a lot with a desire to contribute again, relationships is a driving force for Mm -hmm. me. So I have a strong desire to make people happy, to feel like I contributed to their success. That can be a slippery, dangerous slope. Mm -hmm. Um, when again, at what expense? Yeah. So people who have strong boundaries, I feel like are more successful with avoiding that burnout. But if you've never taken the time to sit down and identify what your boundaries are, it, it literally, yeah. I think it has to be that, that like basic of an activity. Yeah. What are your boundaries? Well, and we've talked about it. When I started this new job, my one of my boundaries was my personal relationships with my team members mm-hmm. because that was a big source of stress for me at my last job. Again, I love my last like ride or die. They are my people, but it was a bone of contention because we were so personal with each other Mm -hmm. that it made it very difficult for me to be an effective leader. And in turn, that pressure on myself caused me burnout from that. Yeah. And so boundaries, yeah, from a leadership manager, owner point of view too. Anywhere. Yeah. Boundaries are so, so important. And, so good. Yeah, I was going to say, I had a blessing of like reinventing myself when I came back from maternity leave. Yeah. So I was gone for nine months after I had my son. And before that, I I mean, I got hired with Aveda when I was 23. Mm. Like all I wanted to do was travel and go out with yeah. teams and have team dinners. Like I worked six days a week. I was out of town 
overnight five nights a week. Mm -hmm. I was single and like living my best life. I loved everything about it. But as I kind of grew up and got married and had a kid, it was like, I can't continue doing this, but I am a firm believer of you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. What you let people do to you, they will continue to do to you. Yes. And so I had had this like eight years of being this person of going out with the owners after our team Mm. meetings and always doing team dinners. Remember, we used to do wines with Jessica. We would get together and all have wine and talk about salon stuff. And Mm -hmm. again, as I kind of evolved, I learned like I have to be able to maintain these relationships, but I also have to have boundaries. Yeah. So coming back from maternity leave was a really great opportunity for me to kind of reinvent myself. Nice. And I was a, I really made it a point to set these boundaries of I will not be gone more than three nights in a row. And Mm. I will not work past 7 p.m. I mean, obviously there's holiday events and little exceptions, but I'm not, I'm not going to do the personal things beyond that. Um, and those are the little shifts I had to make in order to evolve into the person I wanted to be. So when we talk about boundaries, I don't think it's like a set in stone forever the way it is. I think it's an ever evolving thing, but the main indicator I noticed was at the end of my day, I have to be satisfied and proud of the work I did. Mm. And a lot of the time, I was spending with these owners doing socializing type things was not moving the dial forward for their business. Mm. And it took me away from doing the things that really mattered. So at the end of the day, it was late. I was hungover. I was tired (laughs) and I still had a bunch of work Mm -hmm. to do. So I think for me, learning and shifting the priorities of what is most important and leading with that. And then the rest will fill in the gaps where it can. So let's talk about ways like actionable ways yeah to avoid burnout or come out of burnout and the one I want to start with we talked about at this last retreat big time because they're a company that's growing very rapidly and kind of what you just talked about is flexibility mm-hmm. I think when we create these systems and, and and ways of doing things and no I'm never going to like stay late for a guest or I'm not going to do this which are great boundaries to have I encourage everyone you know I very rarely now ever stay on purpose late. Like if I were to mess up, I would stay late and fix it. Of course, something like that. But take an appointment after hours or on Sundays. Like I have fairly strict boundaries with that. But even within that, there is flexibility. Like I had a client whose mother passed away. And she was going to leave. So that's something I would go in for. Of we course, have a great yeah. relationship. She didn't ask. I offered um, that kind of thing. And and then same thing within the workplace, like as your company grows or changes and we're coming back from a massive change. Mm-hmm. And we've said many times, this is the perfect opportunity to rebrand, reinvent, mm-hmm. restructure, reprice, um, to have that flexibility, knowing ahead of time, like things are going to happen. Things are going to, shit's going to hit the fan at some point. Something's going to crap out, but I'm going to be flexible and do my best to to move with that instead of fight it like this is it this is the system we can't do it any other way because I've worked with people who they're like no this is the way we're supposed to do it and I'm like okay no 99% of the time yes sure. but every once in a while something different needs to happen yeah yeah I think my number one piece of advice for everyone would be self-awareness yeah because we are all such unique creatures and beings that having the self-reflection and self-awareness to know what it is that gets you on that slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like burnout is a gradually than suddenly. 
Yes. You know, I gradually overcommitted and then I gradually was staying up too late and then I gradually, and then suddenly I'm over it. I throw my hands in the air. And so I think the number one thing people can do is do a little soul searching Mm. um, or even, you know, the Enneagram personality test, something, you know, that specific to figure out what are your boundaries and when these, when you find these common denominators of boundaries being crossed, you find yourself going sideways. Absolutely. Because I know them for me because mm-hmm. I've experienced it for 30 some years. Yeah. You know, I, hey, there's this pattern. But I think some people get so caught up in just more, more, more doing mm-hmm. that they don't even stop and self-reflect. Because truly the only person responsible for burnout is your damn self. There it is. No matter how much pressure comes from social media or your manager or owner or your guest, it really does. And and that's the hard pill to swallow Mm -hmm. is because, well, I was doing this for them and I was doing this to make them more money or do their hair or whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, you said yes, you overcommitted, but that's okay. We've all done it. It's about having that conversation too up front saying, this is where I'm at. Um, you know, even if it comes down to something as severe as this doesn't, the, what you want me to do doesn't align with me. Mm-hmm. So except for the owner, we all choose to be in the job we're in. Yeah. And, and at and any time we can walk away. And the owner in a roundabout way chooses, chooses as well. also. Yeah. You, yeah. You choose to open a business. Absolutely. And so, you know, when I interview potential employees, um, we do a shadow day typically, especially at the front desk. But we, I have the conversation after and I say, as much as I want to make sure you're a good fit for us, are we a good fit for you? And those are great times to say, this is this my style. This is the way I work. And, and it's okay to be different and mm-hmm. not want to align with a certain way or not. doesn't make one way wrong or worse. As long as up front, you're up front. Mm-hmm. This is my style. For me, I put my team first. I want to make sure they're taken care of. Don't cross me, you know, but I'm going to take care of you if you take care of my guests that yeah. are coming into this business. Same thing for owners and managers, you know, I'm money motivated. I want to work as hard as I can. I want people on my team who are are workhorses. Great. Say that up front. Don't bring it around the back end. Sure. And all of a sudden, it's surprise when your team's burned out. And And I think that that's that lack of self-awareness thing where, of course, at least in my experience, almost all of my owners are like, I'm very team motivated. Mm -hmm. I do this for my team. I barely make any money. How many salon owners say like, I don't even take home a paycheck. I do this for my team. And I want to be like, that's A, not smart business. B, not true. Yeah. Most, I mean, there's definitely cases where it's true, but most of the time, not necessarily true. Yeah. And I think that that is one of those things that again, cast that shadow of like guilt onto people of like, she sacrificed everything for us to be. I always go back to, you chose this. Nobody forced you to open this business. Let's get smart about it. So I, when again, it comes down to it's on yourself. Uh, Yeah. And you, again, like you said, you decided not to take a salary or to take a small salary. And, and that's fine. If you made that choice, then, you know, you have to live in that as well and live with it. Yeah. Yeah. So the second piece that I think 
and I've mentioned this earlier, but this is a big, big one for me is redefining success. Mm. And I don't mean like just daydreaming and visualizing it. I mean, doing some hard work and sitting down and redefining it. For me, I like people to know what their financial necessities are. So what is your break even number? What is your feeling comfortable number? And what is your thriving number? Like, let's know what those numbers are yes. on an annual basis, on a monthly, mm-hmm. weekly, daily, quarterly, all those things. Yes. And for a salon owner, same thing. Same. I ne- We need to know what the number is yeah. in order to know where we, we're going. And Be- if you don't, this is where you need either a coach mm-hmm. or an accountant that you can trust to work with this. And you work backwards. You say, yeah. as an owner, what do I want to take home? Okay, let's work backwards from that. Then here's where the if that's, you know, if you want to take home $10,000 a month, here's you start working backwards. Well, what does that look like before? taxes then what does that look like as service and revenue and retail and then get your monthly goal then get your that'll build up to your yearly goal instead of being like oh i don't know two million a year sounds good yeah and services that that sounds great but that is an ego driven number again because you can make two million dollars and have negative two million dollars in prop and oh my god at the end of the year i have seen so many just business in general but salons especially where Owners have no clue about finances and numbers and business and on the surface seem very successful, but are in the background on QuickBooks just trying to like scrape everything together. And it's like at some point the money is worth it for a coach and an accountant Mm -hmm. and a bookkeeper and those kinds of things if that's not your strong suit. That's why when people are shouting at me for lack of a better word, you know, like, well, I'm a $4 million salon. That means nothing to me. Yeah. I, I have small two chair salons that are extremely profitable mm-hmm. and I have big 12 station salons that yep. are struggling to find that profit. And again, I, I don't think there's like a good, a bad or a right or a wrong. I think no. it's stopping yeah. and again, writing that definition of success. Cause if you knew $12,000, was your operating costs, you would know exactly what you Mm -hmm. need to do per month, per week, per day, per team member. And then it starts to trickle down. And when your team members know what's expected of them, as everybody starts hitting their goals, now we have measurable reasons of why we're working towards things. The other thing that I've seen happen is we do this activity and it's not possible to meet the demand of, to, to create the amount of business that is being asked of the space that we're looking at. I've had owners who are so upside down in their business Mm -hmm. that with the current team we have, it's not possible to pay the bills. Yeah. So again, that's not, that doesn't mean like throw it all up in the air. It just means that here's the number of team members we need. Again, redefining that definition of success so, so clearly Mm -hmm. that that's the goal to work towards because I think there are seasons too where you grind yeah. harder than others. Yes. When you start a new business, of course you're working extreme hours. Of course there's high amounts mm-hmm. of stress. There's all kinds of extra things that goes into it, yeah. but that's a season and it's part of the plan. Yes. Well, the and plan like is you, to live in that. Yes. And, and like we were talking about that flexibility in your mm-hmm. boundaries. Yes. I'm not going to burn myself out working 65 hours a week behind the chair. However, 
even within a year, there are seasons, we all know this as hairdressers, January, notorious slow, Mm -hmm. notoriously slow. So guess what? That's where I'm going to take my vacation because I I will have that free time. Mm -hmm. Coming out of COVID, maybe I'm going to pick up a few more hours for a month this first six weeks just to maybe get in a few more guests, knowing that it's for a short time. And, you know, holidays, obviously, some people like to pick up more time, A, more people are trying to get in. B, maybe you want to bring in a little more cash yeah. for this the holidays. But also knowing this is something I've been working with my team, especially, is it is not just about the physical hours you put in in your work. It is also about the way you take care of yourself and your own body and your own mental uh, well-being and home life. You know, are you going... In order to be able to show up. Exactly. So knowing going into a crazy business or period, like right now, it's everyone's come back from COVID. We know we're going to be doing more. Of course, I want to be flexible in that and get in more people as they're coming out of quarantine. But coming home, making sure I'm not going out and partying if for some of our younger friends, um, I see this so much and I did it. I was very guilty of it, but I will say this when I was young and partied, I rallied and came to work. I never, not once called off because I was hungover. Mm-hmm. But in those busy times, making sure you're getting sleep, making sure you're eating properly, marking yourself out for a break. Mm-hmm. Everyone listen to me right <laughs> now. This is, I, I can't even, I've maybe seen 10 salons in my life that mark out their lunches. Yeah. It is so rare and it's like, no wonder you're burnt out. You're scheduled for nine hours a day with no lunch. You're cramming, you know, a whole pizza in your mouth while a toner is processing. Of course you're burnt out. I, the first thing I did at my new salon, we're marking out lunches. Everyone gets one hour. Yep. My last salon, we did 30, but you know, whatever works for your business, you have to mark out time to do that and not move it to the end of the day. So you can just go home earlier to squeeze one more in. You really have to be disciplined in that. Mm -hmm. Like there is much discipline in creating and being a a successful business and being super talented and refining your craft. There's much as much discipline in that. I feel like as the balance of the healthy side of that. I agree in order to have longevity and sustainability with what you're doing all day, every day, yep. though, yeah, yeah, that discipline has to be part of it. And I think that again goes back to that boundaries piece of it. Yeah. Um, and you have to be, this is the, the thing I see a lot of people struggle with. You have to, have to, have to be okay with saying no to mm-hmm. a guest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just what it is. I'm sorry, I'm not going to sacrifice my lunch on my fourth day in a row of nine hours because you didn't pre-book. Yeah. You know, and 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 again, always exceptions, always going to have some flexibility in that, emergencies, whatever yeah. it may be. And again, back to at what cost? Yeah. The woman that you came in to do because her mother passed? Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. Like I'm more than, that's a, it, it fills your bucket too. It's yeah. fulfilling for you. At what cost? No cost. That example. Yeah. Then there are the times where, you know, it's, 
at what expense, it's the one thing that broke the camel's back. It's the thing that pushed you over. Well, and then it becomes routine. I mean, I definitely did this in the start of my career. I had clients where I'd come in off hours and stay late, and and then it became habit for them too. Again, people will treat you how you teach them to treat you. And I struggled with pre-booking for so long because there wasn't a need to pre-book for my guests. Because I would just fit them in. I'd be like, oh, shoot, you can't get in for a week and a half. (laughs) Now I laugh at that. But I'm like, oh, no, you can't get in for a week. I'll come in on my day off or I'll, you know, I'll stay later. And then I had several guests that just became the norm. Mm -hmm. And they would pre-book. But then, oh, I can't do that. So can you do this? And I'm like, well, can't you cancel the other thing? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I think there's just... Uh, again, such a great opportunity to reinvent ourselves right mm-hmm. now and sit down and find what motivates us, find what we're working towards mm-hmm. so that we know why we're driving down the road we're driving. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like I mentioned in the beginning, taking that time to understand yourself a little bit more yeah. to know what are these things that are common traits or common denominators that are showing up when I'm experiencing this high level of debilitating stress or debilitating yes. pain or whatever it might be Um, on the physical side of it. Cause you and I don't experience that type of burnout as much yet. um, I think that's where it's also, you and I are both big advocates of team-based pay and commission-based salons because you have the opportunity to make money outside of what you do with your own two hands. Um, And I'm not knocking on independent contractors. I know several of them that I love and adore and are incredibly amazing Mm -hmm. at what they do. However, the results of their career is what their two hands can produce. And when you are somebody who experiences physical burnout, especially if you're like a massage therapist or something along those lines, um, I think exploring opportunities that are responsible with your body Mm -hmm. and give you a platform to be able to make some type of income off of your success throughout your career, not just what your two hands can deliver. Absolutely. That was our biggest at my last salon, biggest motivator. Yeah, you guys did such a great job of that. Thank you. We we saw that our team was getting older mm-hmm. and we had several team members who are still incredible hairstylists to this day, but can't knock out 30 minute haircuts and or 45 minute even, or a mate, you know, as, as their clientele is aging as well, balayages, you know, are not easy for them or whatever it may be. Just physically, you just cannot do as much as you could at 20 as you can 50 or 60. Mm-hmm. And so that was the really amazing thing about team-based pay was they still made a great living, but they didn't have to burn themselves out in order to make that great living. We then transitioned quite a few of them into more teaching, more mentoring, having assistance that they could work with to teach their ways, their use their knowledge to pass along. And on the business side, on the owner manager side, they were giving knowledge that took them decades to learn. Mm -hmm. And now these young stylists, like we've had so many who, I mean, I thought I was the shit at least six months into my career. And I did not get to where I thought I was. And my boss would say this one day she came up to me. She's like, doesn't it feel so good to be at the place you thought you were? Mm. And I was like, I feel like that's a read, like that's a dig, <laughs> and it kind of is, but it was also very but you're true. Also accurate, yeah. I'm like, and it was five years in. 
Yeah. And now I see stylists that I work with or that um, at other places that are two years into their career where I was at five and six years. Mm-hmm. So it's happening faster. And so that's where their worth comes in. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like you said, what their two hands produce it. It comes from their vast knowledge and their incredible creativity to yeah. teach that to these younger ones who physically can work longer and harder. Yeah. Yeah. While you're going through the learning curve, yeah. that's that time when that has to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite mantras that I like live by is I'm a creative and enthusiastic problem solver. Mm. And I just love when people have that paradigm when they're looking at things, because I can totally see some people looking at burnout and being like, you don't understand. I have bills. I have things to do. I have, you, you know, they, there's always these excuses that want to yep. come up for people. So I definitely invite you to take a moment and look at all those excuses as what is what would somebody who is incredibly creative and enthusiastic mm-hmm. do to overcome that challenge? Um, you know, I think that we make excuses for ourselves all the mm-hmm. time. Um, and I want to try to encourage people to eliminate that trait within themselves mm-hmm. and look at when you hear that little voice in your head come up. That's like, I don't have time for that. Not now. Like this yeah. daydreaming of rewriting my definition enough success. That sounds fun. I'll do it when things slow down, when the kids go back to school or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Um, but I think now is the time, yeah. you know? I mean, if we have time to binge a Netflix series or to do whatever mindless thing we do, we have time, even if it's one hour to sit down and write down, what is my mm-hmm. vision for the next 10, 20 years? Mm-hmm. When I started this career, one of the reasons why I wanted to be a hairdresser was because I liked the creativity side of it. But there were so many different paths for career and viable career paths. Whereas when I was in corporate before, it was like, there's one career path, employee, manager, corporate, right, done. And within our industry, we have such a vast array of possibilities. I mean, look at us, corporate, behind the chair, mm-hmm. management, podcast, consulting, there's education, there's editorial, there's uh, what platform artistry, there's court, I mean, everything, everything. Yeah. And I when I started this, I specifically started out with the mindset, I am not going to be behind the chair 100% of the time mm-hmm. past, I think I said six years. Mm hmm. I knew that I wanted to get into something else um, so that I didn't burn out because I saw a single career path in corporate world. And with this, our industry, even in corporate within our industry, there's so much variety to be able to do at any age. I agree. And I think like the world is your oyster. There's so much room for success and so much room for happiness. There, life is too awesome to grind through it painfully. And I want to say at any age, I anything. Agree. I mean, I'm almost 40 and I'm just getting on this like awesome global color team for Aveda and starting to do some really fun things. And I mean, when I was in my 20s, I did not think something like that was possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I am besides the two people over it from corporate. I might be the oldest. Mm-hmm. And it's like. But it's still happening. Keep going. Yeah. And I feel I'm I still feel very young. So I'm like, I'm ready to go. I've got 30, at least 30 more years in me. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I just want to encourage people yes. like it, it, life again is too beautiful, too awesome mm-hmm. to feel burnt out and to be burdened by your days. Yeah. 
Um, and if you're struggling with it and you're not sure where to start, reach out to us. Yeah. You know, we're both um, really passionate about setting up people for up, up for success with their careers and working really smart and not hard. So yeah. don't sit in the funk alone. No. Be a creative, enthusiastic problem solver. And if it's not coming to you, just shoot us a message on yeah. Instagram. We'd be more than happy to sit down with you on Zoom or something and kind of walk you through the roadmap of what that can look yeah. like. Because we've both also had mentors who have shown us the way mm-hmm. through this as well. Neither of us yes. paved this path on our no. own. And so it would be yeah. our gift to pay it forward to people Absolutely. to be able to share something like that. And I, I especially want to speak to owners and managers because this can be, it, it is difficult when you're coming from, you have a lot on the line in your business yeah. and and numbers have to be your focus at times. And so when employees come to you and are like, I'm feeling burnt out, I want to cut my schedule or extend my timings. And, and, and that's really hard for me, especially like I want to be very profitable, not for the money for me, but so that we can turn, I mean, obviously I'd like to take a nice salary home, but I want to be able to also turn that around and give it back to the team and Mm -hmm. the guests and reinvest in the business. And when we just had someone come and I was like, you want to cut another day, but we are nothing without our team. If our team burns out or is too much, feels too much pressure, feels too pushed to do more. Um, and we don't have a team. And yeah. at the end of the day, then we really don't have profit and we don't have anything. We have nothing. We have nothing to manage. Yeah. And so the biggest piece of advice that I have learned, I love when you said that you kind of got to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. after maternity leave. I did that here. Mm-hmm. And not that I changed who I am, but I just brought out a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I like to think this is so far the best version of myself and I've become a really good listener and a lot of people, and this is not a like, Oh, you're so good at what you do type of thing, but it's a learn from, I used to not be a good listener mm-hmm. and I used to kind of brush people off. Well, in the mindset of like, Oh, this is going to help you long term, just do this type of situation. But when you sit and listen to people and how they're feeling and where they're at without trying to fix it right away, because mm-hmm. that was my thing. I'm such a doer. I want to fix it. Oh, you're burnt out here. Do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And so just f- stop and listen and validate their feelings will go so far with your team mm-hmm. already. And then go in and start, okay, Let's come up with a solution for this. What can we do? Yeah. And and you're going to get so much further with your team, which will create trust between you and your team. Then when you need them to do something, they will be more willing. They're going to be more willing and flexible on those busy times to do more. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get a lot more and it's going to create longevity in their career, which translating to the business side and profit, the longer your employee stays with you and the more effective and efficient they become in their services is just more profit in your books. Mm -hmm. Is it going to give you more profit the month they cut back? No. But as owners and managers, we cannot think in the moment. Right. You have to think long-term at all times what's best for you and your family, what's best for your business, but also what's best for your team. Cause again, if we don't have a team, we have nothing. Mm-hmm. And so what is best for them long-term is going to create only what's best for you long-term. Yep. So 
I love it. All right. I think we got lots of good tips out there. That was a good one. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, like Jess said, if you guys have any questions or need any help with anything, please reach out and DM us. Um, We would love to just sit and listen, do some consulting. If you need to do like a Zoom, we also have some services coming. We're going to kind of bring up about that. So... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So check us out over at the Beautiful Hustle podcast on Instagram. And if you love what you're hearing from us, do us a favor and hit subscribe, leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Yes. And until next time, everyone stay beautiful and keep hustling.